breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. This is my first time having somebody in studio and on the phone. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, this is the first time. This is cool. uh, Rashida Dawson with United Way is joining us in studio. And uh, Candace Batiste with the uh, Guaranteed Income Program is joining us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Ladies, good morning. Good morning. Our, um, good morning. Our, our program wrapped, Kansas, Candace. Uh, in Shreveport, we had a hundred plus participants, as I believe, that got six hundred and sixty dollars for a year. Um, what can you tell me with regard to the the goal was to help change these folks' lives? Did it succeed? Great question, Aaron. So it was exactly one hundred and ten families who received the income, and this is supposed to be something that helps bolster these families. Um, income that's coming in. It is not meant to completely um, provide all of the income needed for their living expenses or survival. It is a supplemental program. And in terms of success, the stories that we have from the participants and the data we have from the dashboard says it itself. Says it um, itself. And so we've had participants tell us that they've definitely benefited from being able to have this um, safety net to be able to not just provide for their families, but to be able to pay down, pay bills, to be able to even be able to go back to school because they're not having to work multiple jobs, um, to be able to supplement their income. And so based on what our storytelling cohort, the participants who participated and were able to speak with the media have said i definitely would deem it a success the 110 individuals um average according to your research here uh, nine thousand nine hundred ninety dollars per year uh they received six hundred sixty dollars how were these determined I that know was monthly were, yeah per yeah, month right per mm-hmm. month um, how were these individuals selected? I know people applied. How did you make determinations on who uh, was, was able to participate in the program? Yes, they, they did apply, and it was actually cho- people were actually chosen through a lottery system that was a third-party system that had absolutely nothing to do with the city, anyone local. And so we had a research team that, of course, not affiliated with the city um, and use the MGI, Mayors for Guaranteed Income Program, um, research arm, and those were the folks in, that were choosing the actual participants. So randomized lottery system. Rashida Dawson, the, the tracking of the money, mm-hmm. um, how closely was it tracked in terms of what the money was spent on? So the way that we were able to track was through an app that's called Steady. 
and Steady was linked to their um, personal accounts. Mm -hmm. So with Steady, that's how we were able to track the spending, especially through the research partners. We, as you know, United Way in the city could not see that. However, on Steady's side, that was how we were able to see what is actually on like the dashboard. Mm -hmm. So it did track as long as that account was connected to steady we were able to see exactly what they were spending the money on so the spending breakdown according to the report um you can break it down retail sales and services Mm -hmm. food and groceries housing and utilities etc um did they have the opportunity to take themselves off of that tracking app they had the right to take themselves off of the app however they would not receive the funds Ah, But trust me, every time someone accidentally disconnected their account or something of that nature, they called us back and we got them reconnected. So everything and everyone received exactly what they were supposed to receive. Nothing came back. Candace, let me ask you this, though. Of the funds these folks got in your spending breakdown, 54% went to retail sales and services. Um, For someone like me that doesn't know about the program, I look at that and go, what stuff did they buy? You know, did they buy things that were unnecessary? Um, Does that amount, does it raise red flags for you? And you've studied programs in other cities. Is that kind of common, how the breakdown went? It's extremely common. And so there would not be any red flags that are raised because if it's not something that can be, grouped into something like food and groceries. We're talking about things that may be hygiene items, um, the household cleaning supplies, anything that doesn't go into those specific groups that you see on the breakdown, they would just be generally grouped under the retail items. The small... Mm-hmm. The, the smallest percentage, were you disappointed in the fact that uh, 0.13% went towards educational expenses? Oh, for the, uh, that no. was like the first quarter. So that was the first quarter ones. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we weren't shocked about that in the beginning that for educational expenses because most of the individuals, of course, they were hundred up to 120% of the federal poverty level and below. So they could qualify for other programming. So we really weren't that shocked when it came to that as well. Okay. The questions with regard to this, can you, this is a hard, it's hard for me to ask you this. Could some of this money have been wasted? Would it define wasted? Um, We bought a video game with them. You know what I mean? That's you're you're hearing the criticism. We just gave people money. Did they go out and waste it and blow the money and, and buy shoes. things that really didn't help their family? Candace, you want me to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all knew this was coming. Sure, absolutely. Go ahead, Rosita. Okay, so uh, we get this question a lot: is whether or not someone would actually buy like a video game. But remember, these participants were single parents with school aged children. I'll give you an example. There was a single father that was able to finally be able to give his son a proper birthday party that he's never been able to. His mother, um, the mother of his child, had also had um, was deceased. So this was the first time he was able to give him something of that value. And one of those things was actually a video game. Mm-hmm. So you have to see it from the lens of and yourself. And I've got no problem with that. Yeah, spending it on your the, children. From your lens. Sure. So in those, <clears throat> in those situations, we're really happy that 
he was able to do that. But it just depends on what your view of what wasted is. I got you. I got you. Um, Candace, let me ask you, how far out will you keep tracking these people to see if, you know, they did improve their job situation. They got a better job so they don't have to have two jobs and they don't have to keep working paycheck to paycheck. How, how long out will you keep tracking them? So we have the surveys that have gone out and are currently being compiled. We won't have that final report available until the top of next year, until January. And that's when we'll have all of the final data um, based on what the outcomes were, um, what improvements were made. So in January, we're really looking forward to being able to see all of that data because that is something that we would want to use to be able to talk to other administrations um, and being able to talk to other entities about the potential for continuing the program. Are you planning on continuing and doing this again? That is not a decision that is up to me. That is one of the reasons we want to make sure that that data is there, that those numbers are there so that people can see the direct benefit for folks that were involved in the program. Um, Ultimately, it really always just comes back to funding. And so if there are entities that are willing to continue to fund it after seeing the benefits to the families, then I think it would be something that would be great to do. But unfortunately, that's that's not my decision to make. Let me ask you about that, because our program was kind of unique in that many cities, the funding came from the mayors for guaranteed income, Um, private money. This one, we actually got money from Caddo Parish. What kind of share was Caddo Parish involved in? It was public money and, and part of this program, correct? Yes. Correct. So $432,000, um, I'm giving that number off the top of my head. I believe that is correct, yes, that came from the parish. Um, so that's about money. half of it, right? Correct. Is that unique with regard to the guaranteed income program in other communities? Is it unique to have uh, government money used? And so with the commission, with the parish, um, we've seen that in other places that it comes from a variety of sources. There could be any number or percentage that comes from private funding and some that will come from government funding. So it's not unique in that sense. The percentages really just depend on whether or not this is a priority, a budget priority for the individual entity. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Candice Batiste uh, from the Guaranteed Income Program, and in studio with us is Rashida Dawson from United Way. Um, Candice, uh, we had one hundred ten participants in this program, but you guys had to filter through over twenty two thousand applicants. Amazing. That's that. That's an issue within itself, is it not? Absolutely. So when you have an estimated 25% of Shreveport citizens who are living in poverty, um, I would definitely consider that to be a problem. But the numbers weren't shocking because we knew that percentage. I think what was so surprising was not just um, how many people apply, but that there were people still asking, you know, questions after the fact. And thankfully, the Financial Empowerment Center 
and Rashida can speak to this more, you know, has resources that is available to the community at large. People want to be able to improve their their outcomes. And, and so that's one of the benefits that came from this is that people were able to learn more about the resources that are available, even if they weren't one of the 110 participants chosen. So it wasn't surprising in the sense that, you know, that we knew that there's 25% of the citizens citizenry here was, um, you know, below the poverty guidelines, but definitely indicates that there's an issue. So how important is education in trying to pull 25% of our population out of the poverty level? I think every time you look at guidelines and you look at outcomes, education is one of those things that correlates with improved outcomes. And so we know that it's important. Um, one of the criteria, of course, as you know, was having a child that was in the, um, the Caddo Parish school system. And so we wanted to see how this would impact families and impact these educational outcomes. Would it impact different things um, within these children's lives as well? And so we know that, that Im- we know that importance is there because we know that there are some positive benefits and correlations to parents, especially these single-parent households being able to have that safety net there for their children. Rashida Dawson with the United Way. Let me ask you this question. Um, <clears throat> our program, in my view was targeted at the exact people we need to help. A single parent with a, chi- a school-age child. Other programs did it differently. I'm not going to go there. But would you, you're laughing <laughs> quietly. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But if you had it to do over again and you, and you start a new program, would you, would you target this same group or, or could it have done, been done better? To be honest, I would target the same group, but I would definitely raise that poverty level because we have so many people, especially as we also talk about the work like Alice. Mm -hmm. So we want to be able to help those who are Alice who are still, you know, working paycheck to paycheck and those who are just slightly above the poverty level. So because they cannot qualify for other you know, benefits inside of, you know, that they could have access to because they make a little bit too much money. Sometimes just $1 can throw them off. So I would love to see that level go up a little bit so Mm -hmm. we can really get to the nitty gritty of the people who we're trying to serve. When you say that level go up, what do you mean? The The federal poverty level. So we went up to 120% above the federal poverty level. So, of course, I would like to see that maybe double. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's my personal opinion. Will you, will you guys, when you get your final report in January, I would love to talk to some of the success stories. Will y'all do that? Because I, people are very critical of this program. You know that. Y'all have heard it all around the country. But, I, but mm-hmm. if we have success stories that we need to show that off and say, you know what, it does work for some people. This woman or this man, they went to college. They got their beautician license. They got a plumbing li- whatever happened. Because it's, it's working for some of them. It's got to be, Correct. Yes. And Erin, I agree. You don't have to wait until January. We have storytelling participants who enthusiastically are and are ready to tell their story. Um, The only thing is, if you want to speak with them, you can just get in touch with myself or Rashida. And if they consent to being interviewed, um, they have before. They receive, you know, many of the same questions over and over again Mm -hmm. about how this has benefited them. And many of these stories are so moving, and it really does take it from us looking at this raw data and these numbers 
in that human element. These are your neighbors. These are your church members. These are people that you see every day, and they've been able to benefit from something that is really unique, especially here um, in the Deep South. Shreveport Supplemental Income folks. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. May I just say Red Bull one two. Yeah, they did good. It was a good race. It was kind of a boring race, but you know what? <laughs> Sometimes that's okay. That's all right, yeah. How about your weekend? I didn't gosh, I I can't believe I didn't get to go to Taco Wars. After all oh, of that. Oh I know. I, I, I couldn't make it. There was a crawfish boil that mm-hmm. my uh, my brother-in-law had already gotten tickets for. So. Yeah, had some friends that were there, too, that were at the Crawfish Bowl. Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, Sheriff Steve Prater. Um, I had Bunko. I had Bunko uh, Saturday night. That's it. Nothing else to say about that. <laughs> Reuben, she's flashing $1 bills like a, a stripper on the Bozier Strip, man. I had a good night. I had a good night. Let's just leave it at that. I'm, not, I'm supposed to not be allowed to win, and I keep winning every time. So I'm getting ready to get well, kicked out. So. Hey. Anyway, it was good. my friend Grace Ann hosted us at her house, and it was just wonderful. So, had a good night. Had a good night. Can good. I borrow a dollar? Yeah, I got a lot. I got a lot, got a lot of ones. Of one Ruben. dollar bills. Man. Let me reach down here in my uh, thong and get one for you. Yeah, perfect, perfect. I need a payday <laughs> from the vending machine. If you think I have a thong on, you done lost your damn. Mind. <laughs> it didn't start out as a thong, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Dental floss. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay, I have a question to, right. to both of you. Do you guys watch Ted Lasso? I don't. I've not seen it. No, not yet. Booey on us? Seriously? I mean, you're you're One probably... One of the most popular shows. You're probably the third person to tell me I need to watch it, so I guess I need to watch it. I need to watch it, too. <laughs> well, okay. I, 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 I'm going to... I'm going to share some spoilers okay this next segment i want to talk a little bit about ted lasso all right all right coming up micah mccarty One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike Martindale Aaron McCarty. So we've been watching Ted Lasso. It's been on the air since twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you haven't seen the show and you want to watch the show, then go someplace else for two or three minutes because <laughs> I'm going to do some. Sp- it's been on the air three years. Yeah. So come on. Hmm. It started out, the concept was actually created for an NBC sports promos. Okay. Years ago, this character, Ted Lasso, was uh, an American football coach, Mm -hmm. college football coach. And they were asking him about soccer, and he didn't have the first clue. Like most Americans don't have the first clue about soccer. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the 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 TV show, which he's uh, Jason Sudeikis is one of the producers, as is the guy that plays Roy Kent, Brett Goldstein. Okay. These now the characters are awesome, and what made Ted Lasso 
when he came to England to coach um, one of these Premier League soccer teams right. or, or football teams. I can't believe I haven't watched this. I love soccer. You, uh, Aaron, the first season, th- he only gets hired because the lady who owns the club um, is trying to destroy it because her <laughs> ex-husband, who cheated on her, okay. loves it. Okay, ah. He's he's an ultra-wealthy dude. Very arrogant, very dislikable, you know, unlikable character. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to destroy the club because he loved it so much. Right. She couldn't care less about it. So they bring in <laughs> they bring in this American football coach who knows nothing about soccer. Mm. But the the theme of the of this, you know, the entire first season is Ted Lasso is so kind. Right. He's lovable. He never says anything bad about anybody. Yeah. And he wins with kindness. Not I'm not talking about winning on the field, but he overall he wins. And his players love him and all that. Because okay. he wins everybody over because he's just so genuinely kind. Okay. And season one, season two, and of course there's drama. It's not about soccer any right. more than, you know, MASH was actually about war. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's about the relationships. Well, season three, they've taken a turn, in my humble opinion. Now, three of the main characters have come out as gay. One player, one of the girls, it's an adorable little girl, uh, mm-hmm. Keely. Um, and, and, and now... The, the storyline in season three is advocating for open borders <laughs> in England. They're all upset because the prime minister is stopping this boat from coming in with immigrants. Wow. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Oh, they've taken a you, turn. What are you doing? So do you stop watching it? I'm, I'm, I just, I love the show so much. Mm-hmm. The characters that I'm, I'm going, I was texting my daughter and I said, they're they're really trying to push me away here. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And they're all upset about these, you know, England saying, no, we're not allowing illegals in our country. Right, right. And I'm just like, oh. Here goes so the I'm gonna, it, Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't, just don't. Stop it. We need, enough, please, so, enough. You know, am I being overly sensitive? If anybody's seen it, you want to let me know on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. I'd, I'd love to get your take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've just really, you know, they're, they're, I wreck a good show. I'm trying to hang on. Yeah. But yeah, go watch season one. Mm-hmm. I will. Uh, yeah, I you're going to love it. Uh, okay. If, if I watched... Uh, 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 I think about it. We got a break, but mm-hmm. I'll think about it. Okay. <laughs> Mike and McCarty, what a one. FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. And I got a text about uh, Ted Lasso. And he says, you know, the text says they've dealt with social topics in other seasons. uh, Sex discrimination with the female owner. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mental health. Yeah, Ted Lasso did suffer from uh, panic attacks. Okay. Uh, that, that That came out, I think, in season two. Okay. Um, 
Uh, racial issues with the African players' endorsement of the foreign airline team sponsored. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that I didn't have issues with that. Yeah. You know, I mean... No big deal. It wasn't that wasn't wokeism. Those were issues. Right. Okay, you know that wasn't that that wasn't the wokeism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it seems, and I was watching another show last night, Firefly Lane, I think, and it, it, I just started season one. I hadn't caught up, um, and it's a great little show. Um, Catherine Heigl is in it, and um, it's the story of two female best friends, but it has its share of wokeness in it too. I, I, I think it's everywhere. I think in every... It's not in Mayberry. No, that didn't Which, happen. Where I go, the, that's the, where I go. There was none of that. I've gotten to Mayberry. where there are, there are shows that I go back to and I watch mm-hmm. over... And, and, I'm, and I mean, the, the entire seasons I'll go through. Yes. Uh, uh, Doc Martin, Justified. And it's a, it's a broad spectrum of shows. Right, uh, right. Breaking Bad, uh, Better Call Saul, uh, Luther... I haven't seen Luther. Oh, I need to watch Luther. I've oh. heard uh, Sherlock. I mm-hmm. love British. I know. I know Ruben, big British oh, television yeah. fan. Yeah. Um, uh, Broadchurch. I like to watch Mash over and Mash. Over. I'm going through Mash right now. I love to watch Mash. Yes. I don't. I love the movie, and then I love to watch the series. It's just something about it. It was just hilarious. Now Mash, it, it, for its day, it turned woke in the later years. You think? Absolutely. Really? The first, you know, Trapper and Henry, those in Frank Burns were mm-hmm. all more the hijinks of the doctors, yeah. which was the, what the book was. Right. But as it progressed and got into the later, the mid to mm-hmm. later seasons, um, Alan Alda, you know, who, I don't think he's a bad guy. Right. And right. Mike Farrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're very, they're very left and, and they started addressing issues of the day it was just it, it was just so funny it was just laugh out loud oh funny. heck yeah and that you know when you're just watching tv just to relax and just get some entertainment and you can laugh out loud at something on the tv they did their job you know and and i don't i generally don't like sitcoms especially mm-hmm. current sitcoms anymore no. they're the lowest mm-hmm. common denominator of, of yeah quote comedy they're insultingly stupid right but big bang theory i do watch the one that i love right now that's very current and and if you're an educator and you haven't watched it shame on you abbott elementary is hilarious i haven't seen it yet it is hilarious now it has its wokeisms as you can imagine i'm just but it is absolutely funny as heck And the characters are <laughs> lovable and hateable at the same time. Right, right. It's just, I mean, I'm like, how do I love this guy and I hate him at the same time? That is just so bizarre. But it's a perfectly written show. It's a new, uh, new flair. They'll turn to the camera and talk to you in a minute, you know, for a minute, and you're like, oh, really? Oh, this is weird. Yeah, it's a great little show. Like The Office. Yes. See, I love The mm-hmm. Office, Parks and Rec, and and I know, I know, I know. There's a wokeism yes. element to Parks oh. and Rec, but. Mm-hmm. It's so well done. Yep. So Senator John Kennedy going to be joining us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline coming up next hour, talking about Biden running uh, and Louisiana featuring three cities in a top list we don't want to be in. Micah McCarty, 101.
101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. I just, sometimes I, I, I have no words. And for our job, that's not good. Uh-oh. Um, no, not good. <laughs> I, I, I'm watching... Uh-oh. I'm watching the news, okay? Because I try to stay some somewhat informed. Mm-hmm. And I, and I hear... Joe Bidenflation talking about Trump, of course, mm-hmm. and and the left says how much he is a threat. You, you can finish this phrase to democracy. Democracy, you bet. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a threat to democracy. Right now, this is coming from people who want to destroy democracy by allowing illegal aliens into this country by the millions, essentially changing the landscape of our population. Mm-hmm. When they let them in, they allow them to vote. Right. Oh, you can vote. Not an American citizen? That's okay. It's all right. You can vote. Mm-hmm. Don't have an ID? No problem. <laughs> We're going to let you vote. Yeah. Yeah. Now, who's more of a threat to democracy? Mm. Is that is that is that democracy in action? No. No. But but scary. with when when Trump was in office, now was Trump perfect? Good gosh, no. No. Of course not. Did he do things cringeworthy? Yes. But did he get things done? We had more jobs. We had manufacturing returning to the, our country. The economy was booming. Look at our economy. Mm-hmm. Energy, independence. We were providing oil, not depending on other country. We were providing oil. We've got more natural. <laughs> our military. Trump provided tax cuts. Oh, wait a minute. He provided tax cuts. Oh, that's a bad thing. Tax cuts are bad, Mike. Bad. Follow the money. Oh, boy. Yeah. But the left will accuse their opponent of what they themselves are doing. Right. Unabashedly will sit there and lie and accuse their opponent of what they do themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. God, so true. Calling, calling conservatives racist when every policy the left produces is based on race and 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 gender and equality and inclusion well what mm. are you doing Aaron yeah. when you when you're saying that black lives matter but no other lives matter black lives matter has nothing to do with black lives a little secret I'll let you in on I'm sorry. I, I just I, I I I started thinking about that, and I just how far are we going to let it go? No, I know. And now Bidenflation has announced he's running again. Of course, yes. he's not running anything. We know that. Did you see Trump? Did you see Trump on stage? No, imitating Biden, trying to oh, get off stage. No. <laughs> and somebody posted it. Uh, on on top of the video, uh, one of the videos of mm-hmm. Biden 
not fi- being able to find his way off stage, holding right. his hands up, looking around. Oh God. Mm. Well, Mike, I'm. You know, it, this is kind of related to what you're saying. More of us need to care. I go vote Saturday at one o'clock in the freaking afternoon. Yeah, we went. And I'm number thirty-one. The lady sitting at the table is like, you're number 31. Thank God you came in because there's been nobody here. One of the girls at our table had a Game Boy thing sitting there. Six people an hour. Yeah. Six people an hour at my precinct. I thought, this is so sad. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. It's just so sad and people don't care. And then we look at the results and, and, you know, the the bond proposals passed in Shreveport by a pretty wide margin. Yes, thank goodness. Thank you. But I think about it, there were still about 20 or 25% who voted no. Think about those 25%. They're just anti-tax, I guess, for everything. Well, and, and, and without and you even understand thinking. that, but, but but educate yourselves on what you're voting for. Right. Instead of just going in and going, no, 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 no. And then James Jefferson won by a wide margin in the Marshall's race, 59 yeah. to 41% over Grayson Butcher. So Butcher posted on Facebook, that, you know, he'll be happy to serve the citizens of District D on the city council and continue doing his job. He was thankful to all those who helped. But but my thing is, like you started out this, we have to vote. We have to care. And people and, and the way government's going now is they're dividing us more and more and more Absolutely. and more. Absolutely. That's fewer what the left people, does. Fewer people give a rip. And and more people are staying home because we're just sick and tired of it. You know, and I maintain get up, go vote, do what you have to do to at least make your voice be heard. Because people are just tired of it, and they're deciding not to be involved, and that's sad, real sad. And and uh, ticket please says you're correct. They accuse us of what they're doing on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. I'm reading. You have to remember, we don't have a democracy; we have a republic, and that's true. Mm. We don't even have a democratic republic; we have a republic. You have to remember, democracy is mob rule. Oh God! <laughs> oh. Yeah. So sad. In Republic, we cherish the individual. Each person has their own rights. Mm. And that's true. But you know what? My rights don't end where your feelings begin. Right. And I'm not talking to Tick. I'm talking in general. Mm. And that's where we've gotten. Golly. How many snowflakes are offended so we change the freaking rules? (sighs) Oh, you're offensive to me. Golly. (sighs) Oh, it's Grow sad. It really is. It's really sad. My wife and I were sitting on the porch and we were talking about, uh, I hesitate, somebody's husband. It's, it's the younger generation and he's not taking care of his family. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all I'll say. Yeah. And I'm like, there are no men anymore. Where are the men? <laughs> yes. Where are the yes, men? I know. Accept oh. responsibility for your actions. Take care of your uh, t- take care of your family. Go to work. Provide. Right. Yeah, mm. Mm, it's sad. It Thank really you. is. Senator John Kennedy is going to discuss, discuss uh, Louisiana dangerous cities as well as the the bill coming up that's going to what let more people out of prison. Yeah, boy, that's fun. It's, we'll talk with him about that. Seven forty, Mike and McCarthy. <laughs>
101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. I uh, had, a, had a great Saturday evening with my gals, um, a dozen or so of us. Uh, it was bunko night, which we really don't even play bunko anymore. We play a we play a little Just call dice it game. Bunko night. Yeah. <laughs> we play a little dice game where you you bring your dollar bills and you play for you know you you. And so you're gets, gambling. You're gambling. It's not really Illegal gambling. gambling. It's not you're Ill- running a casino in your home. <laughs> it wasn't in my home. You're you're <laughs> selling drinks and booze. No, the, and no, gambling. all that was free. All the booze was free, and the food was free. Man, my friend made the, the red beans and rice, and then she made the dirty rice. They had the sausage. Oh God! What's so wrong good. with Popeyes? I don't know. What what the, what the hell? Did they goof up? The, yeah. What's they wrong dropped with them? their Cajun rice. Did they really? Back. Yes, and green beans. Uh, I would get both of them and mix them together. Oh, that's so yeah. Good. Anyway, I this digress. Was just so good. And then we had we typically will play some some rounds and then we'll take a break and we'll have our dessert after. I mean, we'll eat, we'll play, then we'll have our dessert and then we'll play the rest of the rounds. And we just... Okay, tell, what is Bunko? What is it? Is it a card game? We don't even play Bunko. It's uh, a I'm, dice that's game. That's not what I'm asking. Yeah, it's a dice game. It is dice. Right, it's okay. a dice game. And, and I haven't played Bunko in a long, long time. Because Bunko, you have to have a certain... And I don't even know the number. You have to have a certain amount of people to play. Okay. And so you have and a group. And they're all women. And you yeah. play pillow fight Bunko? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. Strip Bunko? Spitball Bunko, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you, and if you don't have the right amount of people, you have to have a sub jump in. So it's it's hard, you know, if somebody gets sick or their car breaks down or something happens, then you have to have a sub. And it's just, a, it's for scheduling, it's a little bit of a mess. So we switched playing from Bunko to um, what's LCR, left, right, center. And we just hoot and holler. LRC. We, yeah, left, right, center, LRC. Thank you. And it's um, it it got you need loud. To go to Louisiana Key Academy. Yeah, I, I do need to. <laughs> I apologize to all the um, neighbors in Broadmoor who we got a little rowdy. It got a little loud and rambunctious. We had a few, and I kept stealing a friend's cocktails. I was drinking lemonade, and she was drinking lemonade with vodka. And she would leave her drink somewhere, and I would leave my drink somewhere, and then I'd pick up her drink. And is that called up, something? I don't know. Lemon but, drop or something? something? Some sort of lemon drop. I don't know. But her drinks were delish. <laughs> and so she kept making... It kept getting better and she better. She kept making them and leaving them around. I'd pick them up and drink them, and she'd get regular lemonade and have to go add a little touch to it. But, I mean, we just have a good time. And it's just good to see people you hadn't seen in a little while. You know, they are everybody's busy. We're all busy with our kids, oh, yeah. our grandkids, sure. whatever, school, work, job, you know, whatever's going on. And so it's good to just sit and just chill and relax. Listen to a little music and, and play a little rowdy game of uh, LRC. Little Kenny G going. It was good. Yeah, we had a we had a really good. And then we sat till I was there till almost 11:30 midnight. Just chit-chatting, catching up with a couple of the ladies that I hadn't seen in a while. And there was a group in the kitchen that was chatting. They were solving all the world's problems. So I think the, the problems of the world should be fixed today. Nice. Because I think they solved them all. I'm hoping. I didn't get in on that convo, but it was when I went in to say my goodbyes, man, they were fixing everything. They were fixing everything. So I'm excited. It was a, it was a good night. We had fun. Had a good time. <sighs> I'm recovering still. Got a good night's sleep, though. I'm telling you, I slept till. <laughs> Literally almost 10 o'clock Sunday morning. <laughs> Senator Kennedy joining us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline coming up about 10 minutes from right now. Talking about the this new law that's uh, proposing to let even more criminals out of prison.
Aren't we excited? 1017 FM. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. We need more prisoners out on the streets. New law proposes just that. Senator John Kennedy joining us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline next, Mike. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, uh, Senator John Kennedy joining us this morning. Good morning, Senator. Thanks for your time this morning. We deeply appreciate you. Good morning. Looking at the uh, bill that's coming to the Senate Judiciary Committee, I just kind of found it doing a random search, um, and I read the headline and I thought this cannot be true. Thirteen forty two to provide incentives for states to implement policy changes to reduce prison populations. What the H? What is this about? It's going before your committee. Yeah, I don't think we've got a markup scheduled on it. I know it's been introduced. Uh, who's the bill author? Yeah, I, you know? It doesn't even say sponsors on it. I couldn't find sponsors. Um, it says, I don't know what this means. It says Spectrum Partisan Bill Democrat 1-0. I don't read this language, but I'm like, we're we're going to incentivize the states to lower the prison populations. It doesn't sound it, logical. It says to amend the Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Streets Act of 1968. Yeah, it sounds like one of the bills by my Democratic friends. We, we introduced, I mean, senators introduced hundreds of bills every day and uh, of course uh, only a fraction are going to become law a lot of times they're called messaging bills mm-hmm. I, I mean you, you've got you basically this is an overstatement but in the united states senate you've got you've got two groups of people with respect to crime you've got one group of people who believe um that uh that they they don't appear to believe in free will and responsibility they think if you commit a crime it's not your fault it's society's fault mm-hmm. and then you've got a I, i'm not in that group um and then you've got another group of people who look at the fact that uh, crime costs the american people personal you know uh, personal crime and property crime costs american people about two trillion dollars a year and that the first order of society, our first order of government, is to protect people and their property. And I happen to believe that, um, well, let me put it another way. Our cops have 60 million encounters every year with the American people. Only a handful go bad. Only a handful really require you, uh, a cop to uh, arrest someone. Um, do some of them go bad when it's the cop's fault? Yes, they do. But it's a small, 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 small fraction. And that has led some of my colleagues to believe that cops are a bigger problem than criminals. Mm. And I don't believe that. And the statistics don't bear it out. This is proposed by uh, Cory Booker of New Jersey, uh, one of your Democratic colleagues, as you suspected. Um, it's it seems ludicrous, I guess, to you. It, it doesn't have a chance, does it? Please tell me that. 
No, it, it doesn't. And 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 look, everybody's entitled to their opinion, Aaron, but this is the way I look at it. I don't know why this is, but there's some people in our society that are antisocial. They're, they're not sick. They're not mixed up. They're not confused. I don't, maybe their mama or daddy didn't love them enough, but they hurt other people and they steal people's stuff. Mm-hmm. And many of those do it repeatedly. Now, to have a, a, an ordered society, you've got to separate them from society. I wish we could give them a pill and make them stop doing that stuff, but we can't. Yeah. Or a and, pill that, well, never that, mind. That's just, that's just reality. Right. And the fact that sometimes, in a small fraction of cases, cops make mistakes, and they do. Um, to, to, from that, to conclude that cops are a bigger problem than criminals, I just don't buy it. The truth is that 99.999% of our cops will leave you alone unless you do illegal stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's just statistically a fact. Senator, while we're talking about crime, Forbes released a list of uh, dangerous cities across the country. Louisiana has three of those cities on their list. Of course, it's not hard to imagine New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and Shreveport. Three of the most dangerous cities in the country. What What can we do better? Well, what you allow is what will continue. And when you have, when you have um, district attorneys, for example, and you have mayors who think that cops are a bigger problem than criminals and want to defund the police, if not in words, indeed, um, and who think that um, um, all of society, all white people are racist, uh, and you have that attitude in many major cities. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily the case, and I'm not saying that's true in New Orleans and Shreveport and Baton Rouge, but but certainly the leadership, much of the leadership in those cities is 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 part of the uh, left of center who believe that um, that 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 cops are just as much of a problem as criminals, if not more so. And I don't think that reflects reality. Now, I'm entitled to my opinion, they're entitled to theirs. But what happens is you have a lot of cops, good cops, that you have bad cops and you hope they can leave, but you have a lot of good cops that go, wait a minute, you know, if if I have to use force, I don't mind being second-guessed. But if the people making the decision about my my uh, uh, my use of force are going to be biased against me and think that cops are are all bad. I'm going to find a new line of work, and mm-hmm. I think that's what's going on in America. Senator John I'm Kennedy, I'm not saying cops are perfect, but, but right, but I'm I'm saying most of them are good cops. I this this lunacy of of what's good is bad and bad is good, evil is right and and right is wrong. I keep waiting for the pendulum to 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 swing back into common sense. Do you see that happening at all? Because now I'm beginning it to wonder. Happening. Well, it is happening. Um, in New Orleans, for example, 
um, our mayor down there and our city council, I think it's fair to say, I know that they're all very left of center. Um, and crime has gotten so bad, for example, in New Orleans, that, that they're starting to go, whoa, wait a minute. You know, maybe all cops aren't bad. Maybe there are criminals out there that, that aren't just sick. That, that, and even if they are, we've got to separate them from society. And you're seeing, seeing the pendulum move back. I have strongly encouraged the, uh, the, the leadership in New Orleans to return to stop and frisk, which is a perfectly legal constitutional police practice that, uh, uh, that, that uh, police officers use every day. They don't use it in New Orleans because they're discouraged from it. And I think a lot of the leadership down there originally said, well, it's, it's racist. And I'm thinking, well, the, the majority of the members of the New Orleans police force are, are, happen to be black. So, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I don't think the majority of cops are racist. Some probably are. One more thing let me um, ask you about. Uh, President Biden has officially announced he's running for re-election. Um, right. <laughs> no big surprise. Um, his approval rating is really low. Does he have a shot? Will the, will the Dems put someone else up against him that has a better shot of winning? Um, I don't think so. Uh, on your second question, sure, he's got a shot. He's an, incum- he's an incumbent president. His, his, I think, I think the majority of the American people would prefer that he not run. Um, it may, this may be unfair, but they think he's too old. Um, they think that he can't string two sentences together without taking a nap. Um, they, they look at who, if something happened to the president, they look at who the new president would be, our vice president, mm. who, who is, is not exactly, uh, uh, demonstrated a lot of competence. She's a cackling um, lunatic herself. But but I think I think that I think President Biden thinks that uh, uh, President Trump will be the nominee, and that President Biden is thinking, well, I beat him once, I can beat him again. Can he beat him again? And I think can he do that again? I, it'll be close. It'll be a close race. Mm-hmm. Sure, he can. He beat him once. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a close race. Should the Republicans do better than Trump? Um, well, I don't know how to answer that. You know, I mean, can I think of, of, of people out there that, that in my opinion would be a better president than either Biden or Trump? Sure. We all can, Mm -hmm. but that's not realistic. You know, you gotta, you you look at the candidates and if you want to run, you want, if Trump, if Trump runs, is he the Republican nominee? Make a decision. Would Trump be the nominee from the Republican side if he runs? Do you think? Oh, if the election were held today, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, 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 but I think President Trump and President Biden have kind of a, a codependency. And by this, I mean, President Biden's numbers are weak as rainwater, but he thinks I beat Trump once, I can beat him again. And President uh, Trump looks at President Biden and and says, this guy's about as popular in America as diphtheria, and, and I can beat him. <laughs> One thing that's and disturbing so, to me is is Trump and, and DeSantis are going after each other. Trump is hitting DeSantis hard, and DeSantis isn't the enemy. We've got we've to target those attacks on the left, not our own party. I, we see yeah, that in Louisiana yeah. politics. 
I know, Mike, but that's that's the way politics works. You can't, you know, you, it's like I hear all the time, well, you know, the Democrats uh, need to come up with just one candidate if you're a Democrat and they shouldn't hit each other. And the Republicans say the same thing. Look, competition makes all of us better. Sure. And if people want to run, I hope they they should run and they ought to be candid. You don't have to be ugly now. Mm-hmm. But you you need to stand up and say exactly what you think, gotcha. and you'll see more of that. You'll see it on the Democratic side that the president has a couple of uh, President Biden has a couple of opponents, and and they I don't know if the media will cover them because the media is heavily Democratic, but uh, at least the national media is mm-hmm. and the local media. I mean, you know, you look at the Advocate newspaper. You know, mm. they're pretty left and center. Yeah. But they have a right to be. This is America. Right. But the people don't trust the media like they used to. That's for sure. Senator John Kennedy, thanks for your time. one more thing quickly? You bet. Absolutely. Sure. One more thing. If you look at the media in Louisiana, I've polled it, that people trust. People trust their local news, and they trust their local radio. Hmm. That's where uh, uh, those are the two institutions that the people in Louisiana still trust. We appreciate you being willing to come on this little local radio station and in our show. Thank you so much for You're your time. You're a big local radio station. Yeah, he, who's calling us little? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Senator. Thanks, guys. Uh-huh. Thank you. What a one. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Speaking, of, I know if you're listening on the app, you might not have heard the BritBox commercial. Ruben, do you have BritBox? I know you're like I, you're you're a fellow British TV fan yes. like me. Yes, I, I have a I have a VPN on my Roku where where I can switch, uh, what country. Uh, is available on like my Netflix and stuff like that. <laughs> well, wait, what's a Brit box? I'm y'all lost me. <laughs> it's a streaming service that features all British programming. Ah, okay, all right. And there's another one too. I forget what it's called. Uh, there's another British one, and, and people are like, "Which one's better?" Mm. You know? Yeah, I I've, I have not used BritBox. I'm, I might have to check in on it though. It if you haven't good. watched Luther, Aaron Luther, have not Idris Elba. Is it good? Oh, oh my gosh, it's good. I, yeah. I'm, I'm into like all the uh, game shows, like Celebrity Countdown and uh, Taskmaster is my favorite. I think <laughs> Taskmaster oh my is great. <laughs> the, the IT crowd, <laughs> the IT crowd is fantastic. Oh, I love wow, that show. wow. Okay, <laughs> but I digress. Yeah, <laughs> Mike and McCarty, one hundred one seven FM seven ten. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, Shreveport City Marshal James Jefferson. Congratulations, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, and good morning to everyone. Good morning to you. No more acting or interim. You are now the marshal. You're probably headed to the office now or already on the job. What what are some of the first things you're going to be doing? Matt, uh we just like we like we've been doing since day one, um, like we do every day, um, running a great office. Uh, we we're gonna continue to provide the citizens report with uh, with the best uh, possible service uh, as possible. And before we go any further, I would I, I would I just want to uh, thank 
the entire uh, city of Shreveport, all the citizens that uh, trusted uh, me with their votes, that I am very appreciative um, that that they trusted me and they elected me as Shreveport City Marshal. And um, uh, the Shreveport City Marshal's office is in good hands. Uh, I just, I am very grateful for all the citizens. You have a message for Grayson Butcher this morning. Um, just, you know, I know uh, he's boys still on city council, you know, and look forward to working, you know, working with him along with the rest of the city council. And that, you know, he ran, you know, just, you know, just, just moving forward. Uh, and because it's, it's not about, uh, it's not about being political or anything. It's about what's best for the, uh, the city of Shreveport. Okay. Now you have to really jump in as the city marshal. You know what our city is facing. Uh, awful crime problem violent crime problems are there some things you can do differently in your office now as the 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 head cheese officially to help spd to help the sheriff's office are there some things you're going to look at making making changes to help them well what we we are what what, what we're doing we already have been already helping um Shreveport police department and cattle parish sheriff's office assisting in a, in a lot of um a lot of stuff with this crime you know like i told you guys before you know i have I have deputies already signed to the ATF to help uh, to combat uh, getting guns and stuff off the streets and stuff. So we've been working very hard and very diligently every single day, along with uh, with the local agencies, you know, to help get this get this crime handled. What will you be doing to recruit more uh, marshals, deputies for your office? I know there's a shortage there as well. Law enforcement's just facing a shortage, you know, altogether. Do you have some some incentive plans, something to work on with regard to that? Yeah, um, actually, uh, just just trying to find the right people um, that actually want to be in law enforcement because you know, with law enforcement, you don't you just can't pick anyone. You got to find it, the right uh, the right person that uh, have passion for people and and also want to do this job. It's when when you're in law enforcement, it's not about um, trying to get rich or trying to make a lot of money. It's about what you can do to protect the, the citizens of Shreveport. And so, you know, I am looking for um, different people um, to hire. And hopefully, you know, I got a lot of resumes that we're going to start, me and my, my staff, we're going to start looking at resumes and, and hopefully we'll get some, get some people hired. Now we're talking with uh, James Jefferson, Shreveport City Marshal, just elected on Saturday. Uh, James, for those who are, are maybe not be familiar with the the branch of the City Marshal's office the, and, and somebody interested in maybe getting into law enforcement, God bless them, first of all. Tell us about the duties of the Marshal's office. I know you secure the courts and or transfer prisoners, but you guys do a lot more than that, don't you? Let us know what the duties of your office are. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm the executive officer of Streetport City Court. Our daily duties on every day is we, we protect Streetport City Court inside and out. We're responsible for all the civil documents, all the subpoenas. Um, we, got, we have a garnishment division. We have a warrants division. Um, we also have a DARE program that I have two certified DARE instructors that uh, that teaches DARE at Magnolia School of Excellence. And I'm also in the process now of, of getting a third DARE officer into the schools as well. And hopefully we're going to branch off to some other schools as well. And, I'll, you know, um, also the truancy welfare check program that I implemented as soon as I became marshal and uh, in, in the truancy welfare program. So we... 
I like where we're going. I like the direction we're going in the marshal's office. We just got to keep working hard. Uh, I'm just trying to find good quality people, and um, that's 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 our goal and that's our mission. Let me ask you this, uh, James Jefferson, Shreveport City Marshal. About eighteen thousand people voted in this election to to elect you in a town that's over two hundred thousand. You know, if you possibly. How disappointing is that to you as an elected official to see that low, low turnout? Well, it's it's it's, it's kind of it is disappointing, but you know we just got to come up with a plan to to get the people to come out and vote. Um, it's you know it's not only is your right, but it's your God given right um, to be to actually go out and vote because uh, I, I just wish people would stop saying that your vote doesn't matter. Um, our votes matter. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, it's your God-given right to go out and vote. So we just got to continue to work um, spreading the word and the importance of voting. And in this campaign, there was there was a letter that went out. If there are some disgruntled workers in your office, what would you like them to do today? Well, you know, like I said before, um, I don't I don't feel like I have any disgruntled employees because in my office. Um, uh, along with my staff, know I have an open door policy, and with my open door policy, my staff uh, they can come talk to me at any given time. Um, you know, it's just the nature of politics. Uh, like, along with myself and my staff, we have a great working relationship, and and I love my staff. And because without my staff, the marshal's office wouldn't be able to, to function the way we do. Because I, my, I have a great staff. James Jefferson, Shreveport City Marshal. Thanks for your time, and again, congratulations to you, sir. Thank you. You bet. Thank you so much. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike Martindale, Aaron McCarty, known collectively by our work-married name, Mike and McCarty. <laughs> uh, I saw something that I was kind of stunned to see this weekend, and it was, um, you know... we A picture we, of me and Steve Prater? No, 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 no. That was nice, though. Y'all went to a crawfish boil yeah, together. Call yeah, call it at the crawfish That's boil. That's very cool. Um, we know police departments all across the nation are looking for officers. Right. And they're struggling to find them. Well, now, New Orleans has an approach. Have you heard about this yet? I don't guess. Incentives for current officers. How about back up your officers? Yeah, that'd support be good. That'd your, be good how too. about supporting your police department? But if you are a police officer in another city other than New Orleans, and you agree to come work for New Orleans, you can get twenty grand, like a signing bonus. Signing bonuses: you get five thousand in the first year, five thousand if you stay for two years, five thousand for year three, and five thousand for year four, and then you can go back to where you came from. Four year sentence in New Orleans. I mean, job in New Orleans. <laughs> And you can bank twenty grand extra on top of the salary, which New Orleans cops are paid way more than most other cities. And the mayor's also proposed a package. It looks like it's going into effect. Thirty thousand dollars in incentives for new recruits. 
if you have if you're a new recruit, you've never been a police officer, you can sign on to get thirty grand over a time period. Right. Um, In addition to the twenty thousand. No, this is new. The twenty thousand goes to people that are already oh, officers, officers, and okay. you shift your job. I got you. Let's say you work in Zachary, sure. and you decide to go work in New Orleans, or you work in Bozier, and you decide to go work in New Orleans. I mean, we're going to probably have to come up with something like that here to avoid our folks leaving here. Now, there's not a lot of people that are going to say, "Yeah, let me go be a cop in New Orleans right now," because God bless you, that would be a what a job. But I mean, it's an it's but an if interesting way to change the culture of mm-hmm. law enforcement. There, maybe it'll be worth getting in on. It might be if it, they're saying, yeah. "Okay, you know what? We need our police officers now. Mm-hmm. Let's stop this defund the police nonsense, right? Lunacy, and go. Okay, we're going to support our police officers yeah. now. And that's been a big issue for officers. It's not right. just the low pay." relatively speaking it's the fact that they're not getting support from not only the public but their own administration in some communities you're absolutely right and i can hear police officers and if you're in your police patrol car right now and or you're off duty and you're listening to us and you're going five grand a year and to entice me to come to new orleans you can take that job and shove it 5000 more a year is not going to be enough to recruit most police officers to a crime-infested city. I mean, you know, you're in New Orleans, you're running from violent crime to violent crime to violent crime. Maybe you get a, you know, non-violent crime thrown in there, but you're chasing your tail if you're working as a cop in New Orleans. And I don't know too many police officers that are in my life that I know that would go yeah, five thousand's enough to get me to go do that. And that's so. That's what about six hundred a month is my Northwood yeah, math. After taxes, probably four hundred. So four, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's a hundred a week, extra. Is that enough? Yeah. To get you yeah, to go when work you put in it New that Orleans? Way. Yeah. When you're going to pay higher rents, probably. When you say twenty thousand yeah, dollars, right? When you go, sounds yeah, awesome. Oh, but then you go, yeah, it's about a hundred bucks a week. It's a hundred a week. <laughs> And four hundred a four hundred a month is going to get sucked up by whatever your housing costs are. You know, if you live well, in a depending town, on yeah, where you're from, right? If, maybe you have somebody you could go live with down there for a while for four years or whatever. But will it really recruit permanent officers? I'd highly doubt it. I think you'd go down there for your four years and yeah. you would suck up the bonus money and then go. But is it enough? Does that check need to be closer to forty grand? To recruit officers to come down there but they're trying a new approach they know they need officers desperately so the mayor has put a package together that is 30 million dollars it's for recruitment and retention for NOPD. Okay, so you said 30, there's thirty thousand dollars for new recruits. What is yep. what does that include? That's going to be yes, probably the same thing. I haven't seen the details on that, but it's probably a four year deal. You get okay. you know split. You get seventy five hundred the first year. Another 75 the second, probably a four-year deal. It might be a five-year deal, but I'm not sure. Because um, you spend more to tr- – because if you're a new recruit, you oh, got to sure. spend money to train them. Oh, yeah. you got to train – they have to be post-certified. And, then, mm-hmm. yeah. and if they're if they're just the um, recruit from another town, you don't have to spend all that money to train them. You have to do a little bit to get them up to speed on what your policies and procedures are. But for the most part, you wouldn't have to spend a whole lot of money. 
So, but they are, they're trying to, they're trying to throw money at it. And I'm curious if it's going to work. I'm, I'm not sure. I know we have a shortage here. What was the last number Chief Wayne Smith told us? Uh, what, Didn't he what, say 145? Yeah, 140 some odd officers short. And that number continues to grow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's even, you know, they've got a new academy coming in or about yeah. to graduate. They I think said, so. Or, and, and I don't think we have 30 million to throw at that problem. I mean, our community doesn't uh, have that kind of money. Um, could we find some? Perhaps. But you you have to do all you can to keep the ones you have. And he says he's got a lot of folks at the top that are ready to retire. And our good friend Chris Bordelon, by the way, celebrating a birthday today. Well, happy Shreveport Police Corporal. Chris, yeah, happy birthday, buddy. If you know Chris, send him a text and tell him that heard heard him heard his birthday message on Keel. Wish you a happy birthday. Hard working dude. Mike and McCarty, what a one second. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Did you see the Forbes list we were talking with Senator Kennedy about mm-hmm. the three cities in Louisiana that made the top most dangerous cities in the country? Yes, it's not not pleasant. Okay, give, give, can you give me some deets on on no. <laughs> <laughs> Need a little heads up. Need a little, okay. <laughs> but the, the three cities, New well, we Orleans. we know the three, yeah. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. obviously, New Orleans, uh, Baton Rouge. Yep. And Shreveport. Yeah, now, think- these are the top three. These are also the, the, the highest populated, the largest cities in the state. Yeah, there were two, two cities were from Alabama. There were three from Louisiana. And, I, you know, I don't like seeing, and I think we were like, it was like 11, 12, 13, or somewhere in that pat, in that range. And I think it was New Orleans, Shreveport, Baton Rouge. I think it was in that order. But, I, you know, we got, we got to do something different. We have to figure out. And I this weekend, I told my son, I said, did you hear those gunshots? And we heard two gunshots pretty close. Um, I think it was Friday night. I'm not sure. And he he didn't hear him. I guess he was sound asleep. And it was early early morning hours, like four thirty, five thirty. You live off what street again? Oh, I'm not saying that anyway. <laughs> folks know. Folks who've been listening a long time, they know. And I'm like, I, I. And when I do, th- and I and I've changed kind of my habits. If I go in somewhere, and like I'm running in real quick, um, I I don't typically take my full wallet anymore. I'll put my purse and all in the trunk, and I'll take the one credit card I need. Really, I'm 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 being very extra cautious, and I don't leave anything in my purse. If I leave my purse in the car, I don't leave anything in the purse that's of any value. Or I will, or, or certainly don't leave it visible. Yeah, don't leave it visible. I'm very careful everywhere I go, and that, that to me, when I when I did that the other day, it was sad. I was sad about that. I went over to see a friend, and I thought, oh, let me throw my purse in the... I was just going to run in and drop off something. And I said, let me throw my purse in the trunk, because I might sit and chat for a little while. Mm-hmm. and might drink a glass of wine. Yeah, definitely drink a glass of wine. So, But I thought, I'm, you know, I'm not going to leave my purse visible in the car, and I don't need to bring it in. My, my daughter, we were talking one time. This is, this is several months ago now, and she was saying, because I told you, I, I've trained her on how to 
you know, she carries. She has a she has a Glock, um, and she carries. And and I said, you know, I, I, I trained her how to use it safely and effectively. Mm-hmm. And she said, Dad, I was at a gas station, and a guy started to approach me, and you know, my Glock was in the car. And she goes, I felt really exposed. I said, well, you've got a gun right in your hand when you're filling up your car. Right. If you start feeling afraid, if you feel like you are in danger, you know, spray that sucker with gas. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's going to back off. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. I I just, it's, like, it's sad that we have to think the way we have to think now. Absolutely. Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us next. We're going to talk about the election results. And is there... This is the song that my wife came down the aisle to, by the way. Do you have a bottle? Where's another bottle? <laughs> 1017 FM, 710 <laughs> Keo, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us. Tom, congratulations. All six bond issues passed. Yes, we're uh, we're very pleased. I'm very grateful to the people of Shreveport that uh, it's a vote of confidence in the, the administration and the city council and uh, it allows us to move forward with some with some plans without having to move backwards. I so, told my wife uh, that, that y'all can thank Aaron and I for that. That's, <laughs> Whatever, we, absolutely. I'm credit. Thank you, thank you very, thank you very much. Uh, we had <laughs> anybody believes we, that we had a lot of support in the community, including uh, Mike and McCarty. So oh, we're thank you, Tom. For that. Let me let me say you still had twenty to twenty five percent who vote no. Those are just the people that vote against taxes all the time, right? Well, I, I haven't analyzed the the results, but I'm assuming that that uh, I'm assuming that that is true. And you know, at any given time, you're you're going to have people who are unhappy with your city government. But when uh, when the lowest passage rate was 73 percent, I thought was a pretty good vote of confidence for what the council and the administration had been doing. Okay, switching gears. Curtis Jackson, known as Fifty Cent. He has posted a video online suggesting that he has now acquired a movie studio. Uh, it sure looks like our property. Um, it, is it? Is it? Is that what it is? Do we have a deal? Well, we're working on a deal, and I think we will have a deal. But uh, but we have not uh, we have not signed the deal. That will require council approval and uh, probably some advertising. But we're in the process of finalizing final details. Uh, for that. So is he talking but, about Shreveport but, but, or is he mentioning maybe he's talking about another location? I don't I don't think that he is. I they're they're still very we're still very much actively uh actively engaged in that process. So uh I I have not had any communication directly with Mr. Jackson, but we have been in touch with his lawyers and uh, and his handlers. So I believe I believe what he's talking about is, is ours and it's a it's a long-term lease with the potential for acquisition. Okay. Um, it's called by actor Tim Smith, Tim J. Smith, who was in Black Panther. He's a Shreveport-based actor. Uh, he says, and I'm quoting, this is definitely the old Mansfield Studios in Shreveport. This place was used a lot back when Shreveport had a thriving film industry. I, I'm not familiar with that name. Is That's that the, the old Bell South location? What is, what is that he's is that talking the- about? 18? I have no idea. 
Okay. You've you've been talking to the folks about Millennium Studios and the old Expo correct. Hall, right? Correct. That's correct. Okay. And that wouldn't be a complete acquiring of the property. You just said that would be a lease. It would be a lease. You know, that is uh, that is city property, and, and we cannot sim- simply uh, transfer city property. There's a process that you have to go through, and I think it's best in this particular case for uh, for certainty and to tap tap into the terms and conditions that we're talking about, uh, we need to make sure that it is uh, <clears throat> that we follow the rules and that we can grant give give security to um, Fifty Cent that he actually will get the project, and so that that is better done with the lease under the legal framework that we have to work in if it is the the video he's posted is the old mansfield studios which is not one of the city properties could that hurt the deal for the other properties is that a little bit of a concern for you i have no idea okay and i don't, I don't know who it is i don't you know again, you gotcha. I, don't, I don't know <laughs> i appreciate I, you're, that you're hitting me you're hitting me completely cold so i really don't have any idea i got you let me ask you one other thing with regard to millennium studios and expo hall is the contract that you guys are working with them, would it ask for Shreveport to spend any money to do any upgrades? Has, has that been discussed at all? Uh, we're, we're not planning to do any. He'll, under, our, under our deal, he would take over all the operations and the operating expenses of both facilities. Okay. Timetable for when... They've inspected it. Okay. Timetable for when you hope to get this deal done and get it to the council. What's the goal? I would hope within the next 30 to 60 days. Okay. Mayor Tom Arsenault, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for calling. You bet. Have a good one. Micah McCarty, what a... One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty Western Electric mm-hmm. AT and T yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that was the name I had forgotten. Remember when they used to make those phones? Oh gosh. out there. Remember those the phones, phones that used to weigh <laughs> twenty pounds? Yes. The heads. That was when you could hang up on somebody and oh, it was God. and it meant something. Yeah, exactly. Well, you can just go to mm-hmm. and it would be, and it would ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't do that. Or you could call somebody you were stalking and hang up on them. (laughs) Not that I ever did that. (laughs) Hey, don't laugh so damn loud over there. Good night. Before Ruben doesn't remember having a phone in the kitchen. No, he with doesn't. With a 20-foot cord. No. And if you wanted no, to talk to your girlfriend, you had to take the handset and, and go into the into the pantry, pantry yeah. and close the door. I, I remember we did, we did have a rotary phone for a little while, but it got pretty quickly replaced with a cordless. Yeah. 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 The, the well, this is one of the big gray Before. ones. One of the big gray cordless with the extending uh, oh, yeah, uh, the, antenna the, the antenna. Oh, man. Well, this was, a, this was a phone that was on the kitchen wall, and it had a push button. You mm-hmm. know, well, and, here's, and you'd had to go into the pantry. It looks like Curtis Jackson, maybe that may be the property he's honing in on to bring movie making back to our community. Now, we don't know that this means Millennium and, and Expo Hall is dead, but apparently um, he's posted something online saying that he's acquired property here 
And um, there's some discussion that it's the old Mansfield Studios, which would be the old AT&T plant. Um, and it was used for what movie? Harold and Kumar? One of those movies? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was in that movie. And <laughs> Well, this says that he's purchased it. Right. The, uh, the, the deal with Millennium would be a, a lease with an option to purchase. And that may be what was the holdup for him, because if he was going to lease from the city... And he would still be responsible for making the upgrades and improvements, but he wouldn't own it. That might have been the sticking point for him. So he decided to find a property he could buy. And um, you can see the story at keelnews.com and get a little bit of the details about what Curtis Jackson has now posted. Because if it is true, it does still put Shreveport is still in the, you know, in the middle of this development which will bring movie making back to town. Now, it's not city property. It's private property. And to me, that doesn't matter. You're still doing right, exactly. you're still doing movie deals. Right. And you could still use Millennium for different sets if you want to lease it from the city part-time or whatever. But, you know, it could be good news for bringing movie making. Now, while at the same time, lawmakers are talking about extending tax incentives till 2035 at least. So that could be another step to this progress process of making this a go and when the film industry was here back in what 2006 mm-hmm. 7 8 that that era one of the one of the issues that shreveport had was um that the the infrastructure wasn't here like in baton rouge mm-hmm. and especially new orleans and that being studios right facilities where these production companies could come in uh, more and more staff was moving to Shreveport. Yes. Uh, you know, ADs and crews, that kind of thing. But the actual infrastructure right. wasn't here, and that's what was hurting us. When yes. We couldn't get productions like Baton Rouge in New Orleans was getting. So this would certainly go a long way mm-hmm. toward building that industry back up in our area. Absolutely. A big deal. And as an actor, that's mm-hmm. exciting to me. Give for Good Day is tomorrow. We'll be talking a lot about that tomorrow. It's a big day. Micah McCarty, Moon Griffon, coming up next, 1017 FM.